Jesus' name we pray. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'd like to share a testimony before I share the word of God. Um, I went for a week to celebrate with my wife for Christmas. On 26th morning, after having a nice time by the grace of God with the family, I stepped into the train to take my journey to come back and I could not walk. I was limping so badly, I called up Wendy and I said, I don't know what has happened. The place where the accident leg is really giving up. I came, I went to work and for two days in the office, you won't believe, I closed my door and I had my legs on top of the desk because the pain was so cruciating. Some of my staff came and asked me, but by the grace of God, I used that as a testimony of God's goodness. And even a staff cried. It's, you know, surprising to see men cry. And he looked at me and he says, I have four rods in my leg, he says. And when I looked at your leg, I can't believe it. And I was preparing for the message and I said, God, do you want me to walk to that pulpit lame, limping, and tell people that you are a miracle working God? Do you want that to happen? Do you want your name to be put to shame? That I stand every month to testify of your goodness. And even last night, I was not able to come. Even last night, I tried. I was not able to come. This morning, I woke up waiting to see if, okay, it will be fine. And I could not walk out of the bed. It was worse. I knelt before him and I said, do something before I enter that sanctuary. Even while walking, three people met me and they said, why are you limping so badly? Two from our church, one from another church. A man who was driving in his car, stopped in his car and said, what's wrong with you, brother? You won't believe. As I put my foot into that door, it's gone. That's the God we serve. That's the reason during the time of worship, I could not keep my hands down. I could not keep my hands down because I know that we serve a true and a miracle-working God. No matter what be your circumstances, what be your situation, that's the God we serve. And in His time, He makes all things beautiful. Only in His time. And God keeps us as that instrument to show people, there is my son, my daughter, who carries my anointing. And not because of our righteousness, not because of our righteousness, it's only because of his mercy and his grace. No matter whatever situation you are going through, I strongly urge you, have faith in God. In his time, he will make it beautiful. Imagine two days having your legs on top of a desk, locked up yourself in the office and waiting and saying, God, do something, do something. Even in the morning, not able to walk. Not able to walk even to the toilet. And yet when I put my foot at that door, he has done the miracle. Amen. And I thank God for pain. It's because of that I can glorify him more and more and more and more. Thank God for the desert that you're walking through. You can glorify him more and more. 
Thank Him for the pain that you go through your marriage, through your family, through work, through every situation. In all situations, you will be able to lift up your hands and say, God, to be the glory. For great are you, Lord God. You are a miracle-working God. Amen. I've titled today's message, I was supposed to do the journey of faith as the last part. That was my uh, plan. But when, when I got the roster from pastor and I seen that today being the last message, I said, okay, I can keep journey of faith for the next time. And let me talk something appropriate, which I spoke 12 years ago. I'm just repeating the same message, but not here in another place where I spoke this message long time ago. And I said, this message I'm going to bring to you today. I've titled it as, Lord, I want a fresh start. Lord, I want a fresh start. That's my title. Yes, sister, press it one more time, please. And I've taken it from the book of Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. Verses 18 and 19. And after that, you can keep your Bibles. We will read also Philippians chapter 3, verses 13. So we are first going to see Isaiah 43, verse 18. But forget all that. Hmm. It is not nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Amen. For I'm about to do something new. I, amen. See. I'm about to do something new. See. If you're wait, one minute, brother. If that is what you're about to receive, it say amen in Jesus' amen. name. Amen. Brother, Philippians See. chapter 3. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Hmm. Forgetting the past. What I'm going to focus on? One thing. Only one thing. So you are going to focus on one thing. Yes, my brother. Forgetting the past hmm. and looking forward to what lies ahead. Amen. I'm going to forget what was the past. And I'm going to see what lies ahead of me in Jesus' name. There are many of us this afternoon would like to have a fresh start in our Christian life. Many of us, we want a fresh start. Because many of us, even though we are born again many years, we are still struggling in our Christian walk. And every time when we hear a message or when it comes to the end of the year, we want a fresh start. Many of us have made many mistakes in our Christian life many mistakes and some of us are still doing it also it's still ongoing we have experienced many hindrances we have experienced many failures throughout this year or throughout our journey of being a child of god sometimes we allow these mistakes all these hindrances to enslave us to the point of death to the point not of death to the point towards death that we become enslaved by these failures, that we are not able to get out of it, and we even lose our joy, the joy that we are supposed to have. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the later part, John chapter 10, the later part, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Okay, brother, one minute. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. And okay, if I have come to, that you might have life, how much? Life more abundantly. You see that word? Now, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and that you will have life 
abundantly, but then he goes on to say, that's like what Matthew read, it says that the I, there is an adversary. He's called the devil. What he seeks, that which I have given you abundantly, abundant life, that is the fruits of the Spirit, which I've given you abundantly, this person comes now to steal, to kill, and to destroy that which I have given you abundantly. So we have to be very careful. This which God has given us, there is an adversary. Outside, beside, within, all over, waiting to kill, waiting to steal, waiting to destroy what God has given you. That's his only purpose. His purpose is to keep you from enjoying what God has blessed you abundantly with. Whatever it is that God has blessed you is one aim. I have to destroy that. Aren't you glad that God wants to do something new in your life this coming year? Amen? If you receive it, say amen. That will become your portion. Be careful in what you say amen to. What many of us here this afternoon, we all want a fresh start, a fresh beginning. How many of you remember the message I spoke January on accountability, on to see how our life? Do you remember that message? I gave you sheets and you marked it out. Do you remember that? I've taken that, I've gone through it, and I've just noted about uh, five main points, the, the highest level thing of where we are all struggling, where we are all struggling. And in the beginning of this year, we made a resolution. Can I have the screen on, my sister? We made a 2017 resolution, all of us. And I want you to look at the screen, the resolution that we, some of us have made, and I've, I've uh, written a few. I've not written all because there were more than 25 but I've just chosen few, and I said, number one, I am going to grow in my relationship with God. We made that resolution, correct? That's what you have written. I want to grow in my relationship with God. Number two, you said, I want to pray more. I want my prayer life to increase. That was a desire you made in 2017, January, on the third week when I spoke. Then you said that I want to, to read the Word of God more and more. You made that, didn't you? Then you made the thing that I want to, to be involved in the church. Whenever there is a call, whenever there is a need, whenever there's a requirement, I want to get involved in the activities of the church. Then you made a thing that you want to spend quality time with your family. We were all struggling in this area, and you said, I need to spend more time with my family. Then you said, but you know, in all this, especially in the time with family, it is so sad. We have made resolutions, or we made resolutions in all this. The last one, I'll come back to family. We made a resolution that we will never lie. We will never cheat. We will never steal, and we will never slander someone's name. If two of you are talking and if there's a third person, you will never talk about that person. Whether it's good or bad, it's not our business. But you made these resolutions. This is, I've taken it from the paper that you have thing. In all this, where are you today? In January, we had it. 
12 months have passed and I thank God for, by the grace of God, He's given me this opportunity on this last Friday to speak this message so that we will look back. We will look back and say, God, I made certain resolutions in, in, in January 2017. Now I want you to look at them and say, where is it that you have fallen? Or where is it that you have exceeded? Where is it that you have overcome? Which is the area that I have overcome and now I'm right with this? And just as you have your personal list, remember your personal list? This should also be in your personal list, the struggle that you're having. But Isaiah 43, verse 18, the Lord says, forget about what has happened before. Even though your struggle is on this, even though you're struggling, maybe you might be struggling in all of these. He says, forget about it. Don't think about the past because you can't change it, correct? You can change it from today, but you can't change your past, what you did. But he says, instead, look at the new thing I'm about to do for you. And that will be the new thing that you desire will be your portion in Jesus' name. I want you to tell your neighbor there is something new in store for you in Jesus' name. And that is your portion in Jesus' name. We need to understand that God is far more interested in our future than our past. You know why? Today you can make your decision to serve God. Your past is wiped out. Amen? Today is the day that you can make a choice of getting your, your past cleanly wiped. All this which is said there, God is gracious to forgive you and to give you a bright new future in 2018. Let us look back with God's children, Israel. Israel was punished for their sins and for their rebellion against God. Every time they rebelled, they, they were punished and then you found them wandering away. But God wanted the people of Israel to have hope and encouragement. And always he sent his prophets to his children to encourage them that there is hope. He wanted them to know even though that they were punished, they were not forsaken. Maybe sometimes you might be thinking I'm punished. But God wants to tell you, you are not forsaken. Amen. You are still the apple of his eye. Amen. Israel was no doubt was discouraged because of what they were going through. And they thought this is the end. This is the last. Nothing more. They thought that God was fed up with them. And maybe that's that God is not going to do anything else more because they have sinned time after time. And after time again, they were doing the same thing. That's when they begin to remember the former things now. Suddenly, when they found that nothing is going to happen, God has forsaken us, they started to think of their former things. And number one, they started to remember how God delivered them. How God gave them victory every time they went to battle. When they knew God is angry with us. And then they started looking back. And as they looked back, they looked back and remembered how when they were trapped between the Red Sea, the, the Red Sea and the enemy, how God made a way through the waters for them. They remembered that. They remembered that when the enemy was about to overtake them and kill them, how God protected them. They were doing all this 
They remembered the former things, but one thing they failed to remember or to think, I will not use the word remember, they failed to think that there was a future. They failed to see that. They were dwelling more on the past, on the past, on all the deliverance, but they were failing to see that there is a future. And many of you are here today. You're looking at your past defeats, whatever you're going through. But God is telling you, my son, my daughter, I have a future for you. Amen. There is a future. Maybe this afternoon you feel like that God has forsaken you, but God is sending his word today to you and saying there is a future for you in Jesus' name. So, today I want to share how to make a fresh start. But in order to make a fresh start, you need to cry out to God and say, God, help me to make that fresh start. Amen? And I hope that you will remember these things that I'm going to share with you because tomorrow, if you have somebody who's struggling, who is always falling down, you have certain things to give to them. Maybe you are here having a financial problems all through 17. You are having a financial problem. Maybe relation failures, especially for the youth. Maybe failures in marriages. You find that your marriage is on rock bottom. You're ready to throw in the towel and run. Maybe you feel that. Maybe moral failure that you're having. Maybe educational failure. There's something that you're trying to do. You're trying to do an exam and you're continuously maybe not able to succeed. And you are here thinking that. And maybe you feel, I have blown it. I have done everything. I'm ashamed that even someone should know about what I have done. Maybe there are many reasons as to what you, each of you are sitting down here. You never know what your brother or your sister is going through. You will never know. We are all dressed up well. But each of us are struggling in some area. Number one, regardless of what you're going through, the number one thing, we need to stop Making excuses, number one. We need to stop making excuses. No matter what your failure is, no matter how you goofed up, no matter how you fell, no matter what has been happening in the office, stop making excuses. If I want a fresh start in my life, I have to stop making excuses for any of my failures. I got to stop blaming other people. Don't blame other people for the failure that you're going through. Stop that first. I've got to see, you've got to see yourself. Yes, you were a victim. Maybe you are a victim. You are a victim of some circumstances. But don't blame anybody. And I'll show you who you have to blame. Often people can have hurt you. Maybe somebody has hurt you, someone who has loved you. Maybe they have harmed you in your office. They have done wrong to you. Maybe they have scared you. You're going to lose your job. They have continuously told that. Maybe you are in a situation, even you have lost your job. Maybe you are there. But the only person that can ruin your life is no one. It's not even Satan. It is you, yourself. Only you can ruin your life if you allow circumstances to dominate and to take control over you. Nobody can hurt you because you are the child of the Most High God. Only if you open the door, people can come and hurt you. But if you close that door by the power and the anointing that God has given you, no weapon in heaven, nothing on earth, nothing below the earth can ever touch you in Jesus' name. Amen? Don't allow people to destroy your life. Don't give anyone a chance to come and destroy your life. Proverbs 28, 
Let us turn our Bibles to Proverbs 28. You got your scripture there? And let us look at verse 13. Yes, brother. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. Mm, you seen that? People who conceal their sins will not prosper. My but version says, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. A man who refuses to, this is a living Bible, the man who refuses to accept his mistake can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. Amen? It's hard to get people to admit that they are wrong. People never like to admit. You see in a fight between husband and wife, nobody admits that they are wrong. They always want to prove that they are right, no matter what. And the wrong person will prove more. The one who is really wrong, because he, the, he thinks or she thinks the one whose voice is louder uh, is the stronger one. Have you noticed when people are in defeat, they make louder noise? Then you know that this person is wrong. That's the reason their voice is going higher. And the man or the woman, I will not use man, man or woman, who is quiet, you'll know that that person is right. Amen? They never want to say, it's very thing for you to say, I have messed up. I'm sorry. Do you know your fight will end immediately? That man or the woman has nothing to say. I have messed up. I'm sorry. Finish. Done. Nothing more. God says that if we admit our mistake, if we admit our failure, if we admit our sin, then we get another chance to continue that journey. Amen? The number one reason we fail in life is because we prepare, we do not prepare ourselves for problems that are coming. Let me raise, say that again. The number one reason that we fail in life, we do not prepare ourselves for the problem that is about to face us. I'll give you a scripture. Proverbs 27. Take Proverbs 27. And let us look at verse 12. I'll read it, Brother Matthew, because I'm using Living Bible. When I want to, you can come in. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 12, the Living Bible, a sensible man watches for problems and prepares to meet them, but a fool never looks ahead and suffers the consequences. Have you seen that? A sensible man watches when problems are coming, but a fool never looks ahead and he faces the consequences. Now, let me ask you a question. Was it raining when God told Noah to build the ark? You all admit, correct? No. Just think for one second, God told Noah to build the ark. Noah starts to build, 25 years passed, and he comes to God and says, God, 25 years I'm building, nothing happened. Should I continue? Or should I build another ark? Maybe an aeroplane, maybe a submarine. He never did that. Just imagine, 50 years pass. Did he go back to God and say, God, where is the rain? You promised rain. You promised. We hold God to our promise. You promised. Where is it? 50 years. Now just take, let us go to the extreme. 100 years. And the man is still building the ark. Did he see rain? No. And yet that man was obedient. He was given one task. Go and build the ark. One task, nothing else. And he did it faithfully. When God gives us a task, what do we do? The moment we see time passes by, God, this is too much. I'll give you a, I'll give, I'll give you a small ex, uh, 
example, which is a true thing which happened. While I was trying, while I was ministering to a person, the person took almost seven years to get right with God. Seven years. Not one, not two, not three. Even after the journey, even three years were over, I asked God, God, you took three years to get your disciples right. And they were okay. Once they received the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they were empowered. They were seven years and this person is still sinning. Imagine every time, because I was a person of accountability for this person, and every time this person would come and say, I have sinned, and not small sin, I have slept with somebody. What would you want to do with a person like that? We can't tolerate somebody who does one wrong. Year three years passed by and still this person is struggling with sin and God is telling me, stay with him. I wanted to quit so many times. Stay with him. God was teaching me something. After seven years, seven years of waiting, you, it's not easy to walk with somebody who is continuously, deliberately sinning the same sin. But God gave me the grace to wait. On the seventh year, there was deliverance for that person. And now that person is in a very big position in a church, serving God. And the person has even become an elder of the church. Seven years it took for a person to have that journey. How are we able to tarry with somebody who's struggling? Ask God, God, give me the grace that I will be able to tarry with this person. This person is repeatedly doing the same sin. How long you want me to tarry with this person? My grace is sufficient, is God's word. Amen? It is the grace of God, not what you or I do. So no matter where you are, what you're struggling with, there is still hope in Jesus' name. And if you're sleeping, say amen. Thank you. Proverbs 15. The Bible says, if you plan to fail, good advice, you will fail. Some people, don't get offended now. Some people, if you tell them something and which they do not like, but it's the truth. Maybe you are an accountability person. You tell sister, brother, what you're doing is right, wrong. And if they do not like it because their ears are not accepting it, they will reject you. But that does not give you the right to leave them and go away. Amen? That does not give you the right. Hold on. Stay. God has kept you with that person. Stay with that person. Doesn't matter. Don't condemn the person. Stay with the person. God in his time will touch that person's heart. Amen? People do not like to take advice because they have something called ego. We all have it. The Bible says pride always leads to destruction. But don't tell the person you got pride, you got ego, you're going to be destroyed. Don't do that. That's not our job. If you tell that to somebody, that will become your portion because the anointing of God is on that person. The person is struggling. We have to be very careful. Now, when I think, and I know we can figure it all by ourselves, I'm getting, I might be failing. Sometimes, I want this for families. There are many family members. The problem with us is we do not want to listen to the advice of our husbands, women. You think you know better than your husbands. Hallelujah. Now, husbands, you think just because you are the head of the house, you're Lord Mayor of London, you don't want to listen to her. 
and you say, you talk too much, I can't listen to you. We fail to listen. Husband and wife, you need to listen to your wife. You need to listen to your husband. Even though that man is gone, even though that woman talks too much, your duty is to submit to that man. Take his advice. Sit together. Let us, let us, let us, look, let us sit together. Let us bring it out on the table. Let us not fight and pull one another's hairs. But let us reason out. Children, you need to take the advice of your parents. Now, those of you who are working, don't think you're better than your boss. You need to take the advice of your boss. That's the reason God kept your boss there. Do you know why? To make you submit. All of us, we think we are better than our bosses. We think he never gave me promotion. He never gave me increment. Who he thinks he is? Who are you to say that? When the time of increment comes, who will give it to you and who does it come from? So why are you blaming that boss? And then you pray for him. God, open the doors that he will give me more increment, double my salary. God knows when to give you, what to give you. If it comes before time, you will misuse it. In the right time, he will give it to you. Your duty is to ask and believe and expect and it will come in the right time. Amen? Don't condemn your boss. Proverbs 24. Proverbs 24, verse 10. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, verse 10. If you give up when trouble comes, it is just shows that you are weak. Read, what's your translation, Brother Matthew? NLT. If you fail under pressure, mm. your strength is too small. See, the problem is often that when our times come, we immediately stop and we give up. You say, I cannot do this anymore. If you do not succeed the first time, for those of you who are going through exams or going through certain things, if you do not succeed the first time, go for the second time. If you do not succeed the second time, go for it the third time. Do not stop. You know why I'm telling you that? You remember one man, Abraham Lincoln? How many times he failed? He was a total failure in everything he did. But yet, he became the best president. We have a beautiful example. One man who failed in every area and yet became one of the greatest presidents. The Bible says we need to stop making excuses, admit our mistakes, admit our fault. Number two, we need to take an inventory of our life. In your problems, in what you're going through, you need to come to a stage, stop making excuses. The second one, you need to take an inventory of what you went through. That journey that you went through, maybe you fell or whatever it is, we need to take an inventory to, to evaluate the experience we had after our failure. To evaluate the experience that you had after a failure. You need to do that. I need to take an inventory of my life and learn from it. To learn. Let us see Galatians chapter 3, verses 4. Galatians chapter 3, verse 4. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3. I'm not putting up the scripture so that you can open your Bibles yourself so that you can mark it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 4. If you are there, say amen. amen. You have experienced many things. Were all those experiences wasted? I hope not. I'll show you one more translation. The Living Bible says, you have suffered so much for the gospel, now are you going to throw it all overboard? I can hardly believe it. You see that scripture? Brethren, learn from my mistakes. I keep telling my children, 
I tell this every time to my children. Failure can be your friend. And it can be your enemy. Failures can be your friend. You can choose for it to be your friend or you can choose for it to be your enemy. You can, show, you can, you can uh, choose to learn from failures so that you don't repeat that. You understand? If you learn from it, then it is your friend. If you do not learn from failures, it will become your worst enemy because you have not learned from what you fell. You got that? Now, there are four kinds of experiences that God uses for us to shape us. There are four. There are many. I've taken just four experiences that God, number one, yes, sister, he uses personal experience. And when I use the word personal experience, in order to shape us, God puts us in a family. We are born into a family. Our mother, our father are a, a mode where God uses them to shape us. Our husband, our wife uses. That's the reason when a woman gets married, when she's not submissive to her parents, God gives her to a man that he, she learns automatically to submit. And when a man cannot love anybody, nobody, God sends him to a family that God molds him and shapes him to love that woman. So marriage is also a tool that God uses to shape you. You understand? He uses all those experiences within our personal life in order to shape us. Number two, he uses the education that you get or the experience that you have at your work. Every experience that you go through, God uses those circumstances in which you go through in your office or through your education to shape you into a better person. For the world, you understand this? This is for the world where those situations, circumstances where everyone pushes you, everyone talks bad about you, you become stronger to face them. God shapes you there. Number three, he uses spiritual experiences to shape you. Example, spiritual experiences. Number one is when you come to the house of God and when the word of God is spoken to you, that begins to shape you. You start to make decisions. I have received the word of God. I'm not going to do this. You start to cut off what is not required. Number one, church. Number two, going for a retreat. I encourage you, if you ever get a chance to go for a retreat, go for it. Learn. If there's a course on Bible studies, go for them. Number three, reading the Bible. God shapes you into a better person, a stronger person as you spend time reading the Word of God. And the last one, God shapes you when you spend quality time of quietness in Him, being still before God. Now, the fourth one, and this is one that we all don't like, God uses painful experiences to shape us. Very painful experience. For the last three days from the time I came from thing, I've not stopped praying. Not stopped. Only now I started to worship God and say, God, thank you. Because the praying was so bad that when I went home, I was on my knees crying, God, heal me. The moment I walked in, total deliverance. So God uses painful experiences. It's good to suffer and have pain. You know why? If you don't have it, you'll forget him very soon. The moment you see the biryani on your table, you forget God. I was in a friend's house, a so-called believer's house. Food was, was laid at the table. 
that family even never prayed for the food. You see, when we get everything, we tend to forget God. And I have to tell them, brother, can we pray? And that person was an elder of a church. That should not be our portion in Jesus' name. When we have things, immediately we forget God. So sometimes going through struggle is a good thing. It keeps you. Chastisement is very good. God loves you. He only chastises those that he loves. If you are a disobedient child, ungrateful child, unwilling to accept correction, he will let, allow you to live the way you want to live. Now, I showed you these four experiences that, you, that God uses to shape you, but when you're going through this experience, you need to ask yourself three questions. You have these four experiences that God uses in your life, but in that experience, three questions you need to ask. Number one, you need to ask yourself, what have I learned from my past experience? The failure that you went through. You lost your business. What have I learned from this past experience? Number one, I know many people. They have experiences over and over again, the same experience they have. You know why they experience the same thing? Because they have never learned anything from their past failures. They have never learned anything. They end up repeating the same thing. Have you seen somebody? It's the same thing repeated. Why? They have never learned anything from that experience. Number two, the second question you need to ask yourself, what are my resources when I went through this experience? What are the resources? And those, those resources that you went through are the same resources you even have at this moment. I'll give you an example. You failed yesterday, correct? You had those resources yesterday. Don't you have those resources today? Everyone's dead. We have the same resources. No, let me ask you a question. Yesterday when you failed, didn't you have health? Today don't you have health? So you have the resource of having sound health. Correct? Number one, I've got my freedom. You are not in prison. Am I right? You got the same freedom that you had yesterday while to study. You had all the freedom to choose when, where, how, why. And the same freedom, those resources you have. Next, am I still mentally sound? You are. Amen? Some are still doubting whether they're mentally sound also. Have I got good friends? Yesterday when I failed, I'm only giving you an example of failed. I had good friends with him, and today I have the same resources, correct? So you have good friends with you. Next, have I got the church to be there with me? Have I got the leaders there to be with me? They were there yesterday. They are still with me even today. Now last, last, maybe you don't have any resources. Let us assume no resources. But you have one thing. You have the Lord with you. Even though no resources, you're in Andaman Islands. You have the Lord with you. Amen? What else do you have, want in order to pass, to overcome, to do whatever you want? Number third question, what is it that God has already given me to get a fresh start? Now, God is, what is it that God has already given me to get a fresh start? I failed yesterday, 
But in order to have a fresh start, what is it that he has given me? Number one, who can help me? God has always placed somebody there to be of help to you. You, you have to look for him. Don't sit in the corner and say, who's going to help me? Who's going to help me? What does the Bible say? Knock. Ah. Seek. You will find. Ask and it will be given to you. Simple things we don't do. We do complicated things only. So we need, we need to have, when we need to have a fresh start, we need somebody beside us, uh, beside us, a good friend. Another thing, you need somebody of accountability partner. It's very important that you find an accountability partner. Many times, whenever I want to do things, I go to our pastor. No matter what, whether he doesn't shout, but he will give me example straight. His thing is, no, he doesn't butter you. If you want to keep pastor as an accountable person, you have to be very ready. Butter yourself before you go there. He doesn't butter you. He will give it straight to you, how you like it, medium, well done. You will get it and you will come out quick, cooked, totally. It's the best. It's a very good thing, no matter what. And I was sharing this with, with a family yesterday. Even when I was going to take my job, and when I got the offer, the first person I called, called is him. I said, this is the offer. Should I ask for more? No, be quiet. Simple. I said, oh, I want to ask for more. I thought he will tell me, ask for more. He said, me, be quiet. I shut my mouth. I took it. You need an accountability partner to tell you straight what it is, black and white. There's no gray for that accountability partner. So now you need to find somebody that you can trust with who will stand with you, who will pray for you. You need to do that. Number two, you need to find a support person. God will send you one person who will always be there to support you. You will never know how it will come. Your duty is to wait upon God. Look, God will send you a support person. Next, he will send you a support group. Example, your cell group. That's the reason it's important for you to attend cell. Nobody's helping me. Bread of life, nobody cares. You go on whining and sitting. Nobody will care because nobody, you're not attending. You need to attend your group. Tell them what you're going through. Let the group pray for you. That's the reason we have cell groups. We have cell leaders. And if you're not attending any cell group, 2018, make a resolution. I am going to attend a cell group. Amen? Then, you don't have anything. You still have your family with you. You have that loving wife. You have that loving husband who's there when you go through all these things. They, are, they might shout, non-stop, but they still love you. If they don't do that, then you won't get straight. You know, when wife doesn't do this, you will do, you'll slip. Where you went? I don't know. You don't know where you went? No, I never know. I just woke up from where I went. You hide. But it's good to have wives like that. Last, you don't have any resources. What is it that you already have is you have God with you. Even if all these resources are not there, you have Jesus with you. Amen. My third point is we need to act in faith. Yes, my sister, please. We need to act in faith. Can you, is my voice, are you able to hear me with the back? I feel I can't hear myself. Okay, this is the third step in getting a fresh start is to act in faith of what I've told you earlier. You need to launch out into a new territory. 
Launching out into new territories are not easy, but you need it. The Bible says that the key to changing anything, the key to changing anything is faith. Anything, number one. If you want to change your circumstances, it takes faith. Number two, if you want to change your personality, it takes faith. If you want to change anything in your life, anything around you, you need faith. No matter what you want, with your own strength, you can do nothing. Now, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, according to your faith, it will be done unto, according to your faith. That's a very simple statement, but a very powerful one. According to your faith, it will be done. So now the question is, what are you expecting in life for 2018? Are the things going to be the same, or are they going to be worse? Are the things going to, to get better, or are they going to be? If you act in faith, then you will do something positive, and you will not repeat the same mistake. Let us look at a scripture, Acts chapter 3. If your neighbor is sleeping beside you, just tell him, wake up, I love you. Don't tell him, wake up, okay? Just tell him, I love you, okay? Don't tell that to your wife, you'll get one slap. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Yes, Matthew. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate. One minute, brother. What's the name of the gate? Gate's name is beautiful, but something ugly is beside the beautiful gate. You seen that? I want to show you something. Maybe your life is ugly. Maybe it's sinful. But what you have is something beautiful beside you. That's the presence of God. Maybe all your life, this is, which is ugly, is always going beside a beautiful thing. But there is a time where there will be a change in Jesus' name. Yes, brother, read it, brother. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. Mm -hmm. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, mm. he asked them for some money. Mm. Peter and John looked at him intently, <coughs> and Peter said, Look at us. Mm. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Look at verse 5. It says, And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. The man asked, you seen that? The ugly asked something that was beside beautiful, expecting to get something. This man asked something he expected, and did he get what he wanted? No, what did he get? He got much more than what he wanted. You seen that? That takes faith. When you believe in God and you ask God, you expect, and God will give you more than what is required for you in Jesus' name. I wanted just to walk and look at me. He's making me walk about now. Something small I asked. He gives you more. Amen. He gives you so much that you will become a bubbling testimony. Amen. Many times we ask for something and expect nothing. We get exactly what we expect only. And what is that? Nothing. You ask and you don't believe. Nothing only you get. Brother, I prayed 225 times, brother. What did you pray? I prayed for a change of job. Did you expect it? I'm not sure my boss will give it. You know that, but I'm still praying. You don't have faith. You will get nothing. Maybe that fellow will give you a release letter. 
Let me give you a secret of a success. I'm going to give a secret of success. Any business people in, uh, in, uh, in, the, in the church? Any business people? I'm looking at a 2,000 multitude here. Ah, okay, praise God. Business people will be able... Uh, thank you, thank you, sister. See, every successful businessman knows this. And the thing is, real success... Listen carefully. Real success is built on failures. True success is built on failures. I'll give you an example. Failure is a way to become successful. Now, I'll give you an example. Do you remember the man known to Thomas Edison? On the 200th time, the bulb burnt. 199 times, he never gave up. It was not failure. It was an education. So every time you fail, think an education. You have learned all that Thomas Edison did. He learned a different way of approaching. I think Pastor Leslie spoke about this long time back. I'm, I hope I'm right. It was you. Where you learn, Thomas Edison used a different approach. And then it worked on the 200th time. So if you're failing, don't think it's a failure. It's a step to success. Amen? Some people will never act in faith because they have been paralyzed with fear if they are able to launch out something new. We need to do, to learn from our past, act in faith in future, and look to God for guidance. Our duty is to act in faith and look to God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's all, that's all, nothing more than that. Faith is not the absence of fear. It is moving ahead in spite of the fear. Don't you think Peter, when Jesus called him, he would have definitely had fear. Peter, come out. What, Lord, you're asking me to come out. <laughs> what is raging there? But in that fear, he launched out. You got that? Faith is not the push away fear. In that fear, you learn to act and go ahead. Proverbs 29 verse 25. Let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs 29, verse 5. It says, being afraid of people can get you into trouble. Living Bible says, fear of man is a dangerous trap, but trust in God means safety. So you see where your safety is? Your safety is only in God, not in man. My fourth point, I'll try to close up a little faster. We need to refocus we need to refocus our thoughts. I want to change my life. I want a fresh start. I need to rethink the way I thought before. I had a failure. Something went wrong. I didn't, I didn't get through. I need to rethink how. I need to change my mind the way I start to think. Let us look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. The Bible God, says, Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Amen. It says, my translation says, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. The way you think determines how you feel. And the way you feel determines how you act. If you want to, ch you want to change your actions, you have to change the way you think. Amen. 
if you, if you are acting in a fearful, worried manner, because you are thinking fearful and worried things. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Okay. My but translation is Romans 12, 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, how do I do that? I want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I do that? Number one is to confession. The most simple thing. Now, you might say, Brother Claudie, I confess to God, but I'm still feeling guilty. Do you know when you sin, when you do something very secretly, and you come to God, you come to the altar, you confess, and then as you're going out, you're still feeling guilty. Have you noticed that? Have you been there? No, all are very righteous here. We have not been there. We are all angels. Okay. How do I get rid of that painful memory? That's a painful memory that taunts us. We all go through it. It's not by resisting it. Oh, you bad thought, go away. Oh, you bad thought, don't. There are some religions, we say it 100 times, you are set free. It's not by resisting it. It's by replacing it. Not resisting, but by replacing. Saying it, I'm, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to think about it. What you're doing? You're thinking about it only. And you still say, I'm not going to think about it. And you're thinking. Stop getting, get your attention on something else. And what is the best place to get your attention is go to the word of God. That's the best place to replace whatever is taunting you. Anything that is troubling you, run to the word of God and read the word of God. The word of God gives power and replaces the negative thoughts. Let us turn to Psalm 1. Beautiful Psalm. And I think many of our brothers have shared it from this pulpit. It says, I'll summarize that verse 1 and 2. It says, happy are those who are always meditating on God's word. They are like trees already at a river that do not run dry. They succeed in everything they do. You look at that. What are the two most important things in a man's life? Two most important things. One, you want to be happy. Correct? All of, anyone wants to be sad? All of us want to be happy, correct? Another word for happiness is you want to be blessed. Whatever you touch, you want to be blessed. And when you're blessed, you're happy. Okay, that's number one. Number two, what man wants generally is to succeed in whatever he touches. Man wants to be happy and the man wants to succeed. Whether marriage, he wants to succeed. Oh, I'm a happy married man. I'm not going to commit suicide tomorrow morning. I'm happily married. So he wants to be happy. He wants to be succeed. And it's in the scripture that it says, the more you meditate on the word of God, the happier and the more successful you become in your Christian life. It is the promise of God. That's the reason the Bible says, meditate on God's word. The more you meditate on God's word, everything that is filthy, everything that is, that is becoming a, a barrier will slowly diminish, fade away. Because where your mind is not on those things, it is on the word of God. Amen? My last point. We need to trust God. You have done everything. You need to trust God. Trust God to help you to succeed. Depend upon him. We do not need to depend on ourselves. Let me say this again. All of you are struggling. Don't depend upon yourself. You know why? 
you have already failed. You tried everything. It is failed, correct? In your own strength, you have failed. So now, try the last. Depend upon God. Trust in Him. Amen? Success in the Christian life is not trying harder and harder. It's living a smarter way. Learn to live in a smarter way. Giving God total control of your body, soul, and mind. Amen? Allow the Holy Spirit to take complete control. Let us see one more scripture. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Last scripture. You will not succeed by your own strength or power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Another scripture, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. So you see, if you have been trying so long, stop it. Allow God. Allow God to do that. God says, I do not want you to be, turn into a new leaf. I want to give you a new life. We all only want leaf, but where's the root? God says, I want to give you a new life. In my conclusion, the last slide, my sister. We have to, if you are willing to allow God to give you a new life, number one, Pastor Sean, are you there, Pastor? I'd like you to bring the choir up. Uh, number one, stop making excuses. Number two, choir, come forth. Should I take anointing? Number two, take an inventory of your life. Take an inventory from where God brought you. God has brought us out from miry clay. Every praise to our God. God has brought us from a miry clay, from dirt, from filth, and see where he has brought you. Number three, act. We need to act in faith no matter what. You need to act in faith. Number four, we need to focus our thoughts. Our mind must be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Don't try to control your own life. You will fail. Allow the Holy Spirit to take control. And last, we need to trust in God. Amen? Enough of trusting yourself. You have fallen and fallen and fallen. You are doing the same sin. Because why? You think, I can get out of the sin. I don't, I, I have the strength. But you find yourself back in the same sin. I want to close with two scriptures. My next slide, sister. I want two suggestions for 2018. Number one, Philippians 3, 13. Is this what you're going to take and go home today? Forget the things that are behind us and press on to the things that lies ahead. That means you need to live each new day as the day that God has given you a new start, a new beginning. And my next scripture is confess meaningfully that two scriptures, John 15, 5 and Philippians 4, 13 is the two scriptures you need to confess. And that is, without Christ, I can do nothing. With Christ, I can do all things. That's the scripture that you are going to take forth and go into 2018. I'm for going to forget everything of the former things. But with, with Christ, all things are possible. Amen. Can we rise, please? Everything.
clap offering. And I want you to turn again with me to Isaiah chapter 43. It's the verse which we started with, verse 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? And if you go two chapters back, chapter 42 of Isaiah, verse 9.
behold, the former things have come to pass. They have not come to stay. Whatever is the former things, they have not come to stay with you. They have come to pass. So all the limitations of the past have come to pass. And they are gone. And then it goes on. And new things I declare, before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The Lord tells us what he's going to do. You need to turn to God. Right now, just a minute, just one minute, two minutes. Say, God, I just lay before you everything of the past. I don't want to carry it forward. Talk to God. We just surrender it and say, every burden that I've got, every oppression that I've had, every bondage that I am under, I just bring it to you right now. I don't want to go forward with this. These are the former things. And today they shall pass. And then say, Lord, I surrender myself to receive from you every new thing that you're going to do in my life. Talk to God. Be ready to receive new things. Be a prepared people today. God is telling us this two days before 2018 begins. We need to prepare our hearts and our minds to receive new things. We don't want to receive the same old. God has said, be prepared. In two days, 2018, it's a new year. I am going to do new things. Receive it. Talk to God. You need to talk to God and tell him, yes, I am prepared. I am prepared to receive that which you are going to shower upon me. That which you are going to pour out upon me. Every blessing that God has in store for you. Be prepared to receive it because it is a new thing. But you and I need to be new people. You and I need to be new people. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 onwards. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, verse 14, put on love, which is the band of perfection, which is the bond of perfection. This is what we need to put on to be the new man. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that even as we have come to this last worship service of this year, Lord Father, we thank you, Father, for teaching us and being with us throughout this year, Lord Father. Every time we have come here, Lord Father, you have spoken to us, Lord Father. You have taught us. You have disciplined us. You have trained us. You have shown us your love. You have revealed your heart unto us, Lord Father. And Father God, even this day, as we stand on the verge of stepping into 2018, Lord Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have told us that you have a new thing for us, Lord Father.
And Father God, we are ready to receive it, Lord Father. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. Thank you for ministering unto us this day, Lord Father. And thank you, Father, for the servant whom you have used, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will continue to anoint him. That as you speak to him, he will speak to us, Lord Father. And bring us deeper truths that you have, Lord. Bless him and his family, Lord Father. We just surrender him into your hands, Lord. Father, we very specially thank you, Lord, that you touched him. And you healed him, Lord Father. You restored health unto him, Lord Father. Thank you, Father God, that you took away that pain, Lord Father. And Father God, you are mighty. You are awesome, Lord Father. We give glory unto you, Lord Father. Father God, we commit every one of us into your hands, Lord Father. That even as we come to you to lay down our burdens, Lord Father, you will refresh us, Lord Father. You will lift up our heads, Lord Father. We will stand tall for you, Lord Father. All glory be yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Let's move out. Let's fellowship and celebrate our lives.